And you're on right now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an America First perspective. Streaming live on iHeartRadio and available on demand on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, and Spotify. Follow me on Twitter at RightNowJimDawes or shoot me an email at RightNowJimDawes at gmail.com. You can also call in and leave a voicemail at 772-245-0750. That's 772-245-0750. You know, one of the frustrating things about this whole um, impeachment frenzy that has gripped Washington, D.C., is that uh, so much of it is without context. So uh, the the storyline changes so fast and so often, and is so difficult to keep up with. And and there is no consistent standard or continuity in what's allowed and what's not allowed. That uh, that you know the normal public, not people you know who paid uh, deep attention to this, probably like you and me. Um, just know that they're fighting a lot in Washington. Now, that might work to Donald Trump's advantage, but it doesn't really um, work uh, as far as citizens being properly informed in order to you know, vote properly, both in uh, federal, uh, state, and local elections. And uh, one of the things I've been frustrated by is this, uh, you know, with the rise of this Ukraine gate, is that um, there's not that much context given by the mainstream media with what exactly went on in Ukraine. And this is not like ancient history. It was only in 2014 that the Obama administration, their state, his State Department and CIA, engineered a coup and overturned a duly elected government in the Ukraine. They did that because uh, Yanukovych, the guy that had been elected in Elections that were uh, validated by uh, European Union observers, Yanukovych had uh, sort of validated and uh, that he was going to continue the Ukraine's close relationship with Russia. Russia and the Ukraine have been uh, kinsmen, if you will, going back for centuries. And a major part of the Ukraine, the Crimea, which you hear so much about, was actually formerly a part of the so or formerly a part of Russia. Um, going back to Catherine the Great and the Crimean Wars, that Rudyard Kipling wrote about. And it was only after I think it was Khrushchev, uh, in a a, a gesture of goodwill allowed the Ukraine to uh, annex the Crimea, never believing that, you know, the Soviet Union was going to fall apart. But the Ukraine and Russia um, are ethnically uh, kinsmen. And there are just tons of uh, Russian speakers living in the Ukraine. So, you know, after the fall of the Soviet Union, NATO uh, started pressing right up to the uh, the doorstep of Russia 
violating the promises that had been made to them by George H.W. Bush. And, uh, and one of the things they wanted to do was bring the Ukraine, pry it away from Russia, and make it part of NATO. Well, Russia was never going to stand still for that. The Ukraine is the breadbasket of Russia. It feeds Russia, and it has access in the Crimea to Russia's only um, naval base on, uh, on that side of the country, uh, only deep water, warm water naval base. So when the U.S. went in there under Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama and destabilized um, the Ukraine and installed, by the way, a neo-Nazi fascist government, there, it, was, it was set in stone then. There was going to be conflict over that. But because the government, uh, Obama administration was able to install its government. They used that as a font of corruption and graft of which you're seeing just the tip of the iceberg right now. And, and Joe Biden's son's hunters collection of over $3 million for sitting on a board meeting twice a year in a job that he had no qualifications for and um, no reason other than his father being the vice president of the United States for Burisma, that company, to have hired. But you can you can watch CNN and MSNBC and uh, even Fox News. You can read the New York Times and the Washington Post and the L.A. Times. You will never get any context. All you will get with, was that Donald Trump dared to ask the new Ukrainian president to get to the bottom of the corruption in uh, in the Ukraine, and had the nerve, the audacity, to ask about Joe Biden. Joe Biden's running for president. You're not allowed to say anything bad about Joe Biden. You also weren't allowed to say anything about Hillary Clinton because she was no longer running for president. So if you're not running for president and you're a, a Democrat, you're immune to prosecution. If you are running for president and you're a Democrat, you're immune from prosecution. But there, uh, and and this doesn't stop. Like I said, Hunter Biden is just the very tip of the iceberg. When they dig deeper into this, they're going to find out that John Kerry and uh, and his stepson Christopher Hines and his former finance director uh, Archer, I think it's Steve Archer, were all on the take in the Crimea, and that is why the Democrats are freaking out about it. They thought they were going to ride uh, Joe Biden back into the White House and, and return to business as usual, where they and their their uh, children and their relatives and their business associates continued to sell out the interests of the American people like it has been done for 30 or 40 years now. This is a, a, a journalist uh, named Robert Perry. He's talking about the coup that took place in the Ukraine back in 2014 to give you a little context of exactly how we got to where we are today. Trying to pry Ukraine away from a close relationship with Russia. Um, Assistant Secretary of State uh, Victoria Nuland 
said in December to a group of business leaders that the United States had invested $5 billion, she said, in helping uh, Ukraine achieve its European aspirations, that is, moving it away from Russia uh, into the EU. Um, so obviously the United States has played a role in trying to achieve um, this, this anti-democratic transition. Uh, as much as they may call it democratic, overthrowing an elected leader is on its face not democratic. Um, there's also the issue of the National Endowment for Democracy and other, and other U.S.-funded um, political operations. Uh, NED, according to its report, has, has 65, 65 projects underway in Ukraine, including training activists, uh, supporting journalists, uh, organizing business groups, essentially uh, creating a sort of a shadow political structure that could be put in play to uh, destabilize a country. And that's what we've seen here. We saw a destabilization of, of a country which had problems, no question, and had leadership that was uh, that had uh, was very flawed. But still, instead of going through a constitutional uh, electoral process, another approach was taken. And, and Yanukovych did agree after the after the protests turned violent, he agreed to a deal uh, negotiated by the EU to advance the elections and to have the police stand down. You know, the after that, uh, intervened and, and took power basically, and put and over and uh, forced him to uh, flee with, along with his uh, his administration. You know, uh, the current political class in Washington likes to wag their finger at Russia and Vladimir Putin uh, and talk about election interference. Well, the, the United States and Russia, quite frankly, have been interfering in each other's elections for over a century. And the most egregious examples of that election interference have been the United States uh, engineering this coup to the tune of $5 billion invested over in the Ukraine to pry it away from the bosom of Russia. Now, after the end of the fall of the Soviet Union and the end of the Cold War, we had a great opportunity to bring Russia into the Western um, family of nations. They, they were bringing Western consultants over there to show them how to uh, engage in democracy and free enterprise. There was every reason to be optimistic. Michael, uh, Michael Caputo uh, was a part of that effort. But the, the Warhawks and the State Department and the CIA and the foreign policy community in the United States couldn't um, capitalize and uh, allow us to enjoy the fruits of our Cold War victory. They decided that they were going to continue to antagonize and vilify Russia because so much of their careers and profits were dependent on that relationship of Russia being an adversary and an enemy. And the State Department under Hillary Clinton didn't stop in the Ukraine. They also agitated right within side of Russia, uh, Russia, supporting opponents of Vladimir Putin, agitating, calling for street demonstrations. And so, I mean, I, I think the actual Russian interference in the uh, U.S. elections was fairly minor, com especially compared to what it's being described as. 
Yes, they were active on social media. Yes, they were trolling social um, Twitter and, and Facebook. I do not believe that it has ever been established that they hacked the DNC emails. That's a, 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 a fake. If they had, in fact, hacked the DNC emails, the DNC would have had no problem allowing the FBI to uh, forensically document that fact. But I want to play you a clip here. This is Victoria Newland, who was the ambassador of the United States to the Ukraine. Actually, I think she was a top State Department official. She's talking with uh, Ambassador Pratt, who was the, um, the ambassador to the Ukraine. And this is as the coup is unfolding in the streets, they're talking about how uh, or who they're going to replace the government with. What do you think? Uh, I think we're in play. Um, the the uh, Klitschko piece is obviously the complicated electron here, um, especially the announcement of him as deputy prime minister. And, and you've seen some of my notes on the troubles in the marriage right now. So we're trying to get a read really fast on where he is on this stuff. That's former heavyweight champion Vladimir Klitschko is one of the best uh, heavyweight champions, along with his brothers uh, of the modern uh, age who got deeply involved in the Ukrainian politics uh, on the side of the freedom fighters. And they're talking about here freezing him out of this government uh, because the government that they have in mind is actually a band of, and check, check me out if you don't believe it, a neo-Nazi movement that they had unseat Yanukovych and, uh, and seize power. But I think your argument to him, which you'll need to make, I think that's the next phone call we want to set up, is exactly the one you made to, to Yachts. And I, I'm glad you sort of put him on the spot on where he fits in this scenario. And I'm very glad he said what he said in response. Good. So uh, I don't think Cleach should go into the government. I don't think it's necessary. I don't think it's a good idea. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess you think... What, in terms of him not going into the government, just let him sort of stay out and do his political homework and stuff. I'm just thinking in terms of sort of the process moving ahead, we want to keep the moderate Democrats together. The problem is going to be Tony Boak and his guys. And, you know, I'm sure that's part of what Yanukovych is calculating on all of this. Um, I, kinda... I, I, I think Yats is the guy who's got the economic experience, the governing experience. He's, he's the guy, you know, what he needs is Cleach and Tony Book on the outside. He needs to be talking to them four times a week. You know, I, I, I just think Cleach going in, he's going to be at that level working for Yatsenyuk. It's just not going to work. Yeah, no, it, I, think that's, you know? I think that's right. Okay. Good. Well, do you want us to try to set up a call? So these, this is the American ambassador to a country speaking with the Assistant Secretary of State plotting over uh, which faction is going to come to power after a, a coup that they helped engineer to the tune of $5 billion. Violent coup, by the way. Uh, I think a couple of hundred people were killed. Uh, they're discussing who they're going to install as the uh, the new regime to run that country. And you can bet that that's when uh, old Joe Biden and John Kerry and, and their clan saw the opportunity for uh, to, to get rich and went rushing into the void. What happened? Is the next step? My understanding from that call, but you tell me, was that the big three were going into their own meeting 
and that YATS was going to offer in that context a, a three-way, you know, three-plus-one conversation or three-plus-two with you. Is that not how you understood it? No, I think, I mean, that's what he proposed, but I think just knowing the dynamic that's been with them. This goes on and on. I'm not going to bore you with it, but uh, at some point in the conversation, um, Victoria Newland actually says, F the EU. So, um, you know, the EU was concerned about, uh, about destabilizing uh, the Ukraine, and she just decided, well, the EU is not going to be part of uh, setting up this new government. We're going to bring in the neo-Nazis. It's really quite something, and a part of this conversation you will never hear when they're talking about uh, Donald Trump daring to ask the new Ukrainian president, who is an outsider just like Donald Trump was, what exactly went on in 2016, and can you get to the bottom of the corruption that was going on involving this, uh, this natural gas company called Burisma? Uh, Burisma came uh, to be after a former uh, energy minister in the government uh, converted a lot of the government uh, assets to his own private company. So, yes, they were under investigation. Yes, the prosecutor that Joe Biden got fired was looking into it. And I don't care how vociferously the New York Times, Washington Post, Joe Biden, and and uh, all the Democrats want to deny it. It is a uh, um, corruption on its very face. And Joe Biden doesn't get immunity from uh, from looking at this just because he's running for president of the United States. We're going to run out to a break. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Mojo. Millions of people today have no dental insurance. If you're without insurance, do you have a plan to care for your teeth without spending a fortune? Introducing DentalPlans.com. How would you like to save 10 to 60% off your next dental visit for as little as $7 a month? We offer trusted dental savings plans from companies like Cigna and Aetna with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Be a part of the 1 million-plus happy smiles served since 1999 that save money when they visit the dentist. You can save on cleanings, dentures, braces, x-rays, fillings, crowns, root canals, and even teeth whitening. Call 800-296-1247 now to start saving immediately. Mention promo code RADIO to receive 15% off any plan. And for a limited time, one month free. Call 800-296-1247. That's 800-296-1247. Fees building only plus a twenty dollars processing fee. Savings plans are not insurance. Savings will vary by provider. Plans and consult with plan detail page for additional plan terms. Not all plans and offers available in all markets. Mojo. Well, in keeping with this theme of a lack of context to properly evaluate what's going on with this whole, whole Ukraine gate, you have to ask yourself: you know, the Obama administration is under a lot of scrutiny here for their actions. In 2016, running all over, uh, you know, using intelligence agencies and law enforcement agencies to run all over the world to try to gin up dirt on the opposing party's political presidential candidate. Where is Barack Obama? You know, we know John Brennan was delivering uh, manila envelopes outside of the normal security briefing to Barack Obama to keep him updated on these whole efforts. And yet, Barack Obama hasn't stepped forward to defend himself 
at all. He hasn't been asked any tough questions regarding this. He has just been allowed to be a ghost. Well, now that Bill Barr and John Durham are starting to close in on Clapper, Brennan, and Comey, Clapper took to the air at CNN the other night and dropped a dime on old Barack himself. Are you concerned uh, that, that Barr's or Durham's investigation will, will find wrongdoing and seek to, seek to punish uh, former intelligence officials? Well, I don't. I don't know. I. I, uh, I don't. I don't think there was any wrongdoing. I think at the time all of us were trying to uh, navigate a very, very difficult, uh, politically fraught, highly charged situation. Uh, I know for my part, my main concern was with the Russians and the threat posed by the Russians uh, to our, our very political fabric. And, uh, and the message I'm getting from all this is... I was concerned about the Russians. That's why I had to send undercover operatives into the Trump campaign to spy on them. That's why I had to tap their phones. That's why I had to engage in this whole political espionage overseas to spy on the internal operations of the Trump campaign to, to see what the Russians were up to. They apparently took no interest at all in uh, Hillary Clinton's operations with the Ukrainians. Apparently what we were supposed to have done was to ignore the Russian interference, ignore the Russian meddling and the threat that it poses to us. And oh, by the way, uh, blown off what the then commander in chief, President Obama, told us to do. What? So this is the first time, and you can tell that they're starting to zero in and hit pay dirt because they're, they're starting to bring Obama's name into this. You better... You better figure out a way to get this guy off our butts because you're implicated in this too. This was a shot across the bow for the White House. Barack Obama, Susan Rice, um, Sally Yates, all the rest of them that were part of this inner cabal. The threat that it poses to us. And oh, by the way, uh, blown off what the then commander in chief, President Obama, told us to do, which was to assemble all the reporting that we could that we had available to us and put it in one report that the president could pass on to the Congress and and then leak it to CNN and to uh, BuzzFeed. That was uh, that that was uh, the plan. We're going to assemble all of this dirt that we were able to collect in 2016 and we're going to leak it to the media to try to destabilize this incoming administration that despite all odds and us cheating massively won the election. To the next administration, and while we're at it, uh, declassify as much as we possibly could to make it public, and, that, and that's what we did. And one, one, it's kind of disconcerting now to be investigated for you know having done our duty and done what we were told to do by the president. Yeah, we were told to investigate and spy on the opposing party's presidential campaign. We were told to leak to the media to try to smear them and, and ruin their election hopes. This whole, uh, basically what Clamper said right there is this whole operation was authorized by the white house. Now we've been going through this for what, three years now. And they have, uh, never brought the white house into this. They have always acted like this was just an operation of the Department of Justice and the CIA and the National Security Administration. Now you've got Barr and uh, Durham 
meeting with the intelligence agencies in Italy and the United Kingdom and Australia, and suddenly uh, they're uh, they're doing what government bureaucrats do best. They're trying to cover their butts. But the media is not interested in it. And the only place you'll hear about any of this is usually in alternate sources of media to give it any context. And we're going to come back after the break and talk about the continued impeachment coup that Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats are trying to engineer in the House of Representatives. None of it is authorized by the Constitution, and it is, in fact, a coup. Stick with us. We'll be right back after these messages on Right Now with Jim Dawes. I've been working at Santa's Workshop for a long time and thought I'd seen it all. That was until I learned that when you add Xfinity Mobile to Xfinity Internet, you can save hundreds on your wireless bill. Go online or call 1-800-XFINITY today. Restrictions apply. Xfinity Internet required for mobile. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture. From an America First perspective. On the Mojo Five O Radio Network. So, in the interest of uh, not just exhausting you with this impeachment bullshit, I'm going to have to bleep that out for the broadcast. Um, let's uh, let's cover some other news of the day, of course. Official Washington is freaking out that Donald Trump would dare withdraw all U.S. troops from anywhere in the world. In this case, it's Syria. And we're all told that uh, this is a betrayal of the Kurds. We can't betray the Kurds. We have to stay in Syria indefinitely into forever because we can't betray the Kurds. So... You know, this is this is a story from official Washington. All of these people are deeply invested in the military industrial complex. They uh, they want the United States to be the world's policeman. They want the United States uh, to uh, your sons and daughters to be the military force of the global elite. And they want to deploy them around the world so that they can have jobs, um, you know, with, with influence and uh, and income off of having, um, you know, being able to control where American military forces land. The Kurds have been a a historically oppressed people, and every time we foolishly get involved in the Middle East, the Kurds uh, ally with us because they don't have any other uh, allies in the region. 
um, if we had not gone into Iraq or Syria, the Kurds would be in the same position that we're going to return them to if and when we finally withdraw from Syria. Uh, and the policy elite in Washington that have gotten us into one disastrous war after another just thoroughly discredited, thoroughly incompetent, have literally cost hundreds of thousands of lives and trillions of U.S. dollars, tens of thousands of American lives, hundreds of thousands of lives in the region needlessly uh, lost. They're now telling us that they, they know better than Donald Trump. And they know better than the American people who sent Donald Trump to Washington to do just that. And, oh, by the way, don't stop in Syria. Get us the hell out of Afghanistan and Iraq, too. Let those people go back to doing what they were doing in these ancient blood feuds. But we caused the problem in Iraq and Syria. Iraq and Syria were relatively stable. Yes, they were engaged in some bad acting. But it wasn't terrorism-related, and there were other options besides invading them and occupying them and, and th- overthrowing their government and destabilizing the region that we could have taken. And what we need to do is exactly what Trump is doing, trying to restore the former status quo in Syria. The president in Damascus, Assad, was duly elected by his people. He has a history of protecting minority rights, including the Christians who are who are summarily executed and ethnically cleansed from almost every area where we go in and install the new government. Bashir Assad was protecting the uh, the Christians, and if we leave Iraq, the uh, the Kurds could go back to an alliance with the uh, Syrian military in order to keep ISIS from reestablishing itself and to put down the rebellion. Now, the foreign policy elite in Washington don't want that because they have spent years, led by John McCain and Lindsey Graham, trying to destabilize and overthrow the regime in Damascus, the elected representatives of the people. But where is... what? value is that to the United States if we have to send our sons and shamefully our daughters over into that godforsaken land to die to unseat Assad. We have no interest in it at all. And the only interest right now that we have in that region is uh, preventing ISIS from reestablishing itself. Well, the best and most effective way to do that is to turn those ISIS captives thousands of them, I think approaching 10,000 of them, that are in the, the uh, northern part of Syria, we need to turn those over to Turkey. Let Turkey deal with it. The foreign policy elite that have been beating their chest on TV for the last few days would have, would have the United States be responsible for those ISIS captives ad infinitum. And they're saying, well, oh, Don, uh, Donald Trump is just a toddler when it comes to these things. He doesn't know any better. And, this, it, it, you know, it blows your mind that the same people who have taken us into one disaster after another still get to call themselves experts and condemn Donald Trump that in his collective wisdom of the American people, 
is doing what he promised to do during the election. Here he was at a, a news conference yesterday. I hate these news conferences. Or they're not even news conferences. He'll have an event where he'll have a group there, you know, that are coming uh, to get their uh, their time with the president. And then, of course, the rabid media will start asking them questions totally unrelated to the event. And Trump, instead of saying, you know, we're only taking questions related to this event right now, after it's over with, I'll be glad to entertain any questions on that. But instead of doing that, he sits there and gets, uh, you know, drug off topic. And here he was answering some reporter's question, you know, condemning um, him for withdrawing from Syria and betraying our our wonderful uh, Kurdish allies. These ISIS people, whatever you want to call them, these people are right there. They're right there. They're touching many of these countries that I just named. Iran, as an example, hates ISIS, and ISIS hates Iran. Iraq, you know all about that. Turkey, Syria, let them take care of it. Let them take care of it. We want to bring our troops back home. It's been many, many years. It's been decades in many cases. We want to bring our troops back home. And I got elected on that. If you go back and look at our speeches, I would say we want to bring our troops back home from these endless wars. And we're like a police force over there. We're policing. We're not fighting. We're policing. We're not a police force. We're the greatest military force ever assembled. But we're not very good at occupying places and trying to convert people who have no history or culture of democracy or self-determination into, into you know, uh, freedom-loving people. Now, Max Boot, the leader of the neocons, the group that took us into Iraq based on this lie of weapons of mass destruction, one of the biggest foreign policy blunders in the history of the the nation, the republic. He is a paid consultant over there at CNN because he can be counted on to come on and bash Donald Trump. And, of course, he was perfectly willing to go on with that uh, that big uh, geopolitical genius Don Lamont and condemn Trump. It's just crazy. I can't figure out anybody in Washington who thinks this is a good idea. Trump is betraying our allies, the Kurds. You know, if nobody in Washington in the diplomatic and foreign policy community thinks it's a good idea, you can almost bet that it, pr- it probably is. Based on their track record and the track record of Max Boot and Bill Crystal and the rest of these, uh, these damn neocons. It's just crazy. I can't figure out anybody in Washington who thinks this is a good idea. Trump is betraying our allies, the Kurds, who have bled and died to defeat ISIS. He- well, yeah, we have bled and def- and died uh, to help the Kurds as well. And the Kurds are not without allies in the region if we would just step out of the way and stop trying to overthrow the Assad government. He is handing a gift to this dictator Erdogan, who is not pro-American. He is anti- okay. Here we come, the the most mind-blowing aspect of all of this. We're supposed to treat Turkey as a geopolitical enemy. Turkey is a member of NATO. Now, what is it going to be? Are we obligated to defend Turkey? Are they our ally, or are they our foe? If they're our foe, can we uh, expel them from NATO, please? Or can we stop funding NATO, or can we just decide that NATO has served its purpose and no longer um, 
applies in the current state of affairs. We've got to protect the Kurds in Syria from Turkey. I tell you what, let's let the Kurds really themselves with Damascus. Let's let the Turks take charge of the ISIS uh, head choppers in northern Syria, and let's take our 50 troops that are there just as a tripwire and bring them home. Anti-American. He's playing footsie with Iran and Russia, and yet Trump is eager to do him a favor, and it's hard to figure out any legitimate reason why he is doing this. Now, what's striking to me, Don, is that I see a lot of Republicans actually attacking. So he doesn't see any legitimate reason for the United States to get out of the region other than we've made a mess over there at the direction of Max Boot and the other neocons. And now Max Boot will move on to trying to drum up support for impeachment because Donald Trump pursued a policy that he promised during the election, but that Max Boot and the rest of the foreign policy establishment entrenched in the bureaucracy in Washington disagree with. He's doing this. Now, what's striking to me, Don, is that I see a lot of Republicans actually attacking attacking Trump for doing this uh, and selling out the Kurds. And that's appropriate. I think that that's good that they're attacking him. But what I don't understand is why are they attacking Trump for selling out the Kurds and they're not attacking Trump for selling out the U.S. Constitution? There it is. He sold out the U.S. Constitution because he asked about the previous administration corruption in Ukraine. That's selling out the Constitution. What Nancy Pelosi is doing, this extra uh, Constitution Uh, This extra constitutional coup that she's mounting in the House of Representatives, that doesn't upset Max Boot at all. Douglas MacArthur was on uh, Tucker Carlson's show, and he sort of gave a thumbnail summary of exactly what's going on over there. It's it's rather complicated, and the the reason it's complicated is because these are centuries-old blood feuds between these people that we need to get the heck out of, but... Uh, Donald Trump, his policy that uh, everybody in the State Department actually a- absolutely opposes, really, when you get right down to it, is the only path forward that makes any sense. Before we arrived, the Maoist communist Kurds in northern Syria, who have a long history and a close relationship with Moscow as a result, were always interested in allying themselves with anyone that would further their cause when their cause involves independence for themselves in Syria and also attacks against the Turks, whom they regard as enemies. In our absence, the Kurds now have to make a decision. Do we make a peace with Damascus, which is what the Russians have told them to do, which is what we have privately told them to do, which is what the Syrian government would like them to do? Or do the Kurds decide to take on the Turks independently? I rather think that the Syrian Kurds will decide that it's uh, probably in their interests to side with Damascus. So once we pull out, I think we'll see that happen. But here's something else. Israel benefits from this because Iran is now at loggerheads with Turkey. Iran is interested in connecting to Hezbollah. The Russians have no interest in turning Syria into a platform for attack against Israel. So the Russians... And the Iranians, who are checkmated by the Turks, now the Turks and all three of these people have to deal with the reality that Israel and the United States are benefiting from our withdrawal. And the Turks can take care of ISIS. And I don't much care how they go about it. 
If we listened to this foreign policy community in Washington, D.C., we would be responsible for their care and feeding. Your children would still be paying the tab. Absolutely bring them out. Should have brought them out long ago. If the foreign policy community in uh, Washington, D.C. is opposed to it and uh, Rand Paul is for it, you can pretty much bet that uh, it's the right thing to do. We've captured ISIS. We've done what we've done. We had 50 soldiers in the area you're talking about. And I said, we want to bring our soldiers back home. It's been a long time. Again, we were supposed to be in there for just a tiny spot, like a 30 to 90 day period. That was many years ago. It's time. It's time. It's past time. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Does your current bathroom need to be updated immediately? Introducing One Day Bath and Shower Remodeling. The complete and hassle-free way to get the new bathroom of your dreams in as little as one day. And for as little as $1.99 a month. Yes, the experts at One Day Bath and Shower Remodeling will come to you anywhere in the country and show you all the customized options. Now you can have a brand new bathroom in as little as one day. Large or small bathrooms, if you want a new bathtub or shower installed, we can do it in as little as one day. And if you call right now, you can save $750 off your remodel. We make it easy by offering you financing as low as $199 per month. Call now to schedule your free in-home consultation. 800-693-3152. 800-693-3152. That's 800-693-3152. You know, one thing we've had to get used to as the cultural Marxists have overtaken one American institution after another, as a normal middle American is being lectured by people who have no more expertise in any particular area than we do. They've taken over... um, you know, Hollywood, who's filled with a bunch of narcissistic, self-involved actors, and now we have to be lectured by them. And they've also taken over, uh, to a very large degree, professional sports. We've had to put up with uh, uh, Colin Kaepernick and his band of social justice warriors in the NFL uh, disrespecting the American flag and the national anthem before the games. A A lot of us, myself included, have stopped watching the NFL as a result of it. They've got... Uh, you know, just seas of empty seats now. And we've had to be uh, continually lectured by the NBA, the NBA, uh, who took their championship game out of Charlotte, uh, North Carolina, because the voters in North Carolina had the nerve to say that men ought to use men's bathrooms and women ought to use women's bathrooms. How dare they? And, you know, they, they uh, every time there's a championship in the age of Trump, they make a big show of, we're not going to the White House, even when they've never been invited. But they, they make this big show of, you know, we're not going to the White House. We hate Donald Trump and, and all of these deplorables. Well, we had a, a, a an instant this week that really illustrates just exactly what the NBA is all about and what all of this is really about. The general manager of the Houston Rockets, whose name escapes me right now, uh, took to Twitter and sent out uh, a tweet in support 
of the protesters in Hong Kong. Of course, they're being oppressed by China. China, the country that is operating um, concentration camps. China that is uh, harvesting organs from political dissidents. China that doesn't allow free speech, is governed by a one-party Marxist government. So this uh, NBA uh, uh, general manager in Houston just sent out a simple tweet, support the protesters in Hong Kong. Oh, my God. You would have thought he had taken up arms and attacked the Chinese embassy. The, uh, the, the consulate in Houston and the um, Politburo in China immediately demanded an apology from the NBA and the, demanded that they uh, uh, crack down on this sort of free speech. And all of the sudden, the National Basketball Association forgot all about its commitment to social justice. And when China said jump, the NBA and its commissioner, uh, Eric Silver, Adam Silver, China said jump, Adam Silver said how high. And they apologized. They sent out a, a detailed apology saying that uh, that they were the NBA was, uh, was sorry for the hurt that it had caused the Chinese government and its people. And, you know, I rarely get a chance to play a clip from CNN that I actually agree with. So I'm going to take the opportunity here. This is Kate Bourdon. I'm, I'm not sure if she's actually related to the, the uh, uh, degenerate recently deceased Anthony Bourdon. But Kate Bourdon uh, was talking with Ian Bremmer. He was a former State Department official in the Obama administration. And she said this. China responds demanding a quote-unquote correction. And the NBA gives it, essentially. I mean, in, here's, let me read part of the NBA statement saying, we recognize that the views expressed by Houston Rockets general manager Daryl Morey have deeply offended many of our friends and fans in China, which is regrettable. I mean, this may be about offending in part. This may be about basketball in part. This is about money, but this is about freedom. This is about human rights. This is about a geopolitical mess. Well, <laughs> did uh, did Ian Bremmer just burp on the air? That wasn't me. That was on the tape. I think this is a former State Department official on CNN burping into the microphone. Honey, but this is about freedom. <laughs> this is about human... Oh, my God. Dude, I guess he's got that lavalier on, and uh, he, he didn't have uh, the chance to put his hand over it, but... Uh, Ian Bremmer responded to Kate Bourdon that, yes, it is. This is all about the money. Show me the money. You know, there's no price to be paid by moving your your game out of Charlotte or disrespecting the American president or his supporters. But there's a big price to pay if you run afoul of the communist dictatorship in, uh, in China. And so Adam Silver could be counted on to punk out right away, here is Bremer responding to Kate Bordone's 
of all, the statement that you just read was the English language statement. The Chinese language statement that was delivered by the NBA was actually different and much more apologetic. What? Uh, believe it or not. Yeah, I know no one's advising these people, obviously, but no, they're, they're, it's quite something. that The Chinese market is important to the NBA. They think it's their future. A lot of Chinese are really into basketball. There's a lot of money there. And so when the Chinese say, how can you possibly say this, one of your GMs supporting Hong Kong, what the NBA should have said is, hey, we, we do not take political stances. What he says stands for itself. What they should have said, but that's not what they said. And that is because it's a huge market and, uh, and the NBA doesn't care, doesn't have any core principles. They, they really uh, you know, don't care if their, their coaches and their players disrespect the American government or, or, or the American people. But they damn sure uh, don't want to offend China because China can just freeze them out. And the sad part of all this is this is, uh, this is not particular to the NBA. This is, uh, this is sort of how American business in general conducts themselves over in China. They toe the line. They do as they're told. And in the case of the tech sector, they're actually assisting the communist Chinese in developing their surveillance, oppressive surveillance state. You know, there's a couple of uh, coaches in the NBA, uh, Steve Kerr and um, in uh, in Oakland, I guess it's San Francisco Warriors now, and uh, Popovich in San Antonio. I can't remember Popovich's name, but you know they've made sort of a name of themselves by criticizing this president and criticizing traditional America and and uh, becoming social justice warriors. They are down for the cause. But apparently, uh, Steve Kerr, at least, is not so down for the cause that he's willing to speak out against a communist dictatorship. Um. This this clip, I should have set it up better. He's asked, you know, what are your feelings? Because you always weigh in on these political debates. What are your feelings of uh, the, the uh, Houston general manager uh, being... Uh, uh, making this statement and the NBA apologizing to the communists. Um, actually, I don't. I mean, it's a, it's a really, it's a really bizarre international story, and uh, a lot of us are, don't know what to make of it. So um, it's something I'm reading about. And, just like everybody is, but I'm not going to comment. I'm not, not going to comment. I don't know what to make of that. You've got these freedom fighters over there in Hong Kong trying to speak up with freedom of speech and freedom of association, freedom of the press, being oppressed. But I, I, I don't have any statement about that. Uh, can we talk about the the uh, dictator in the White House? Um, actually, I don't. Yeah, actually, you don't. Oh, man. Well, we've just got a few minutes left, and I guess we need to touch on what's going on in the House of Representatives, and that is Nancy Pelosi is busy orchestrating her fake impeachment process. Um, and I'm going to get right to this clip. This is Andy McCarthy who was appearing on John Batchelor's uh, radio show and uh, and talking about the proper way to go about impeachment as contrasted uh, to the way that Nancy Pelosi and the House Democrats are proceeding. The House of Representatives acts by voting. The House of Representatives is an institution. It's not the Speaker. The Speaker is the first among equals, but she is 
one four hundred and thirty fifth of the House. Uh, so I, I really believe that it, it's pretty straightforward in the Constitution. Uh, if the House of Representatives wants to have a an impeachment inquiry, they certainly can do that, but they have to vote to do it. Now, and of course, Nancy Pelosi is not allowing them to vote because they know that this is wildly unpopular, and the uh, representatives um, who vote in favor of this that aren't from these uh, these far left districts like Nancy Pelosi's district or Adam Schiff's district or Jerry Nadler's district will pay the price. And not only in these uh, districts that uh, voted for Trump in the presidential election, this is deeply unpopular throughout uh, the country, not in these uh, major population centers on the coast, but uh, throughout the country where these Democrats um, have to run for reelection. Back to the McCarthy clip. The other side of that coin, and the reason this gets a little bit fuzzy, is as you point out, reading Article 1, Section 2, Clause 5 there, John, um, since the House has the sole power of impeachment, no one, including no court of the United States, can tell them how to conduct uh, an impeachment inquiry. On the other hand, they will have a hard time pulling it off without affecting the rights of other people, including the president. And they obviously want to ask the president questions and get information from the president, which relates to his highest level of authority under the Constitution. The conduct of foreign relations is a mere plenary power of the president. So if the House wants to uh, try to investigate how the president conducts foreign relations, uh, any good federal judge, if the president were to move to quash uh, information demand, uh, any good federal judge will turn to the House of Representatives and say, well, have you voted to have an impeachment inquiry? And why haven't you voted? Because this is not an impeachment inquiry. It is a, uh, a coup being orchestrated by Nancy Pelosi outside of the bounds of the Constitution. And this is exactly what our framers had in mind when they uh, added the Second Amendment to the Bill of Rights. At some point, uh, people in their zeal for political power will overstep the Constitution. We have to hope it doesn't come to that. Well, thanks for joining us. I hope you'll come back here again tomorrow right here on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. This episode is sponsored by schwanns.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm. Good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details.